Welcome to The Lila Life Show. I'm your host, Linda Andrews, and you've tuned in to the right place to up-level in your life and business. Enjoy the show. Welcome to The Lila Life Show. This is your host, Linda Andrews, and I have a special episode for you today. I am bringing my hubby, Brendan Andrews, to the show. First-time guest. Welcome, Brendan. What's up, everybody? I'm excited to be recording this episode. Uh, the past couple of weeks, uh, personally, have been full of transformation and up-leveling, and my sidekick here happens to be a big part of that, keeping me accountable in a loving way and inspiring me. And he's someone that has some of the best daily practices that I know around town. And so I wanted to share those with you guys today and hope this could be an ounce of inspiration for you too. Welcome, Brendan. Welcome everybody. Thanks for having me on the show and I'm excited to be here. So let's break down some daily practices. Um, you know, not to get into too much personal detail, but we're both morning meditators and that's pretty much without fail. We're both independently hitting our meditation cushion, no matter what. Uh, and then there's a lot of other activities that you fill your day with that I'd love if you would share with our listeners and some whys behind them. Yes, definitely starting off the day with the Vedic meditation. Shout out to Matt Cardone for teaching <laughs> us both. Um, but yeah, starting the day with that. And then it's just been years of trial and error figuring out what works best for my body, starting from the night before, knowing that in order to wake up and do the meditation, starts with a good night of sleep, starts with a good dinner, starts with not drinking right up until I go to bed and um, not having my nights of sleep interrupted by waking up and going to the bathroom and all those other disturbances. So yes, definitely waking up, feeling refreshed, starting with the meditation, um, and then I'm lucky enough to be able to get some yang energy going by going for a walk with our beautiful dog, Lily. She takes me around the block usually for 20 minutes. And then from there, I decide I feel how my body feels and see what kind of workout I want to do. Um, anywhere from lifting to, you know, going for a bike ride or going for a walk to doing a run walk. I'm not much of a runner. So usually it's run for a little bit walk and kind of just alternate back and forth you know or go for a swim jump in the ocean kind of we're lucky to, to live in the area we live so we have a lot of different resources around us but at minimum you know getting out of the house for a little bit longer and going for at least a walk to wake up and feel good instead of waking up and feeling groggy and you know reaching for that cup of coffee you know to get the caffeine flowing to give you that fake sense of awake and alertness. Um, definitely enjoy my coffee, but also you got to get the body going. Um, and I think that's very important for starting the day to move through any stagnation that you've got while you were sleeping. The morning is a great time for creativity and, you know, any ideas for the day to organize them, you know, not get lost in a train of thought of worry or angst to accomplish everything but just to think of what's going to be done during the day or during the day to set up for a future completion and uh, i think a little bit of all that is good 
I'm not letting you off the hook that easy. What do you mean? Well, I see sometimes you do things like breath work. I see some other things like sound healing. Those are two that stick out specifically, but beyond the yang energy, which for real, every morning he's like, got to get the yang energy going. And it's a fun reminder. I know for myself, if I'm not doing a workout first thing, the days that I go for a walk, pop in a podcast, I'm like, whoa, this is a much different day. And beyond the breath work and the sound healing, you touch lightly on like the mindset piece and the worry piece. I'm someone that tends to run quite anxious. I, especially in the past year, can get myself into some little like tizzies about the state of the world and a little bit of a freak out. And, you know, you help be a nice counter to my, I think I could run a little more yang. So my yin energy, I don't know, the yin and the yang, but um, to help me be grounded in some of those times. And I can imagine that whatever part of the spectrum of anxiety in 2021, maybe there's someone listening that finds themselves in that. And I'm wondering for you, and we can get to the breath work and the sound healing, but specific to the mindset and the outlook, like what helps you keep that mind frame in a way that's supportive versus in a way that like, oh my God, the world's about to end right now, if anything. Just knowing your true north, um, knowing what's real and what is made up. You should or you should try to practice the understanding of thoughts that are spiraling out of control and you're going down the rabbit hole. You know, I think that's where conscious breath work comes in. You know, are you breathing from your stomach or are you breathing, stress breathing, creating anxiety, just breathing from your lungs, having, you know, tense traps and short, shallow breaths. Whereas if you can start the practice of when you feel the angst, when you feel your mind wandering, pause and ask yourself if you're breathing, chances are you're holding your breath or your stomach's tight. So the practice of, you know, just continually breathing through your stomach and knowing everything is going to be okay in the end, um, as cliche as that sounds. But if you know you're doing what you should be doing when you're doing it, then the only time stress or worry or anxiety comes up is when you're trying to predict the future. But if you're doing the right things you know you should be doing to get to your desired goal or desired whatever you would like to complete, then there's no need to create that extra worry or angst. You know, It's easy, as cliche as it sounds, but it's just remembering if you're doing the little things not to get pulled up and swirled into these other thought patterns or ideas or letting people pull you off your beliefs and what you think is true for yourself and you know that's true for you whereas other people like to project some of their stuff and it's good to listen and be there but to bring that energy on for you or to get swirled into anxiety thinking because somebody else is going down this rabbit hole i don't think those are good practices so to just remember that to do your things that work for you best to stay in your Zen flow. So you said trial and error when we first got started. What were some of your errors? Some errors would be. And let me be more clear. When I say errors, I just mean like, right, you're doing trial and error of finding some practices, whether they work for you or not. Were there ways that you might have been like navigating or coping that definitely weren't working? Um, things that you just really didn't like? How did you know you were finding what worked for you? Did you have an awareness always of like, this works for me or not? Like what started untethering this for you to put you in 
to say your clarity and, and no, knowing this of what even works for you to begin with? How did you start finding that? Well, the long the goal is longevity of feeling the best you can for as long as you can. So some things for me that were coming up was around workouts. I have an athletic background similar to you with the division one swimming, but the feeling of I got to get up, I got to work out or else my day is I'm going to feel like blah. I think the aspect of adding walks in to my morning routine as workouts uh, quote unquote workouts, but just to get the body moving. And the main thing you want from a workout is, you know, to feel good, to break a light sweat, but not to feel too bogged down. So to get your workouts in a way that are conditioned for life is what I like to call it. So you're not walking around, you know, the cowboy walk, you know, where you just did thousand pound squat and now you can't walk for three days. That's not too functional, but to work out in a way that produces longevity and allows you to keep going and to not feel so, all right, I'm going to turn up for this workout, but then it's going to be the rest of my day. I'm going to barely be able to keep my eyes open. And then I know tomorrow I'm going to feel like crap. And so I'm not going to do anything in the morning, you know, whereas those mornings it's important to break through and at least go for a walk. I think if people can start to go for a walk when they wake up, you know, I think that could really change their day if I give them anything to take away from this. But that walk starts with getting out of bed. And a lot of people have trouble getting out of their comfy bed. I think the person sitting next to me does that sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I'm a snoozer. What can I say? <laughs> but um, getting out of bed and getting your day started instead of trying to stay in bed to the last second and then you're brushing your teeth real quick and rushing out the door praying you don't hit any traffic and you're going to run into Dunkin Donuts or Starbucks for a quick coffee and then there's a line and that now you might be late and so you're just starting your day with this anxious worry am I going to make it to work on time am I running late what's going on and then you're you're drinking all this morning coffee picking up the caffeine to make your you know mind race even further and if you're not able to stop that rabbit hole you know, there, there's your recipe for your morning. You know, you're anxious, you're running behind, you're fueled with caffeine and you're scrambling. So whereas if you get up earlier, give yourself some time, even if you get up and you're just hanging out at the house, it's good to get up early and to give yourself that time for you. Otherwise, the rest of your day, if you think about it, you know, you're going to work, you're around your coworkers, you're coming home. If you're with your spouse or roommates or whatever, you know, when are you truly giving time for just yourself? Maybe that's just when you're driving, but you know, you would want to incorporate some self time into every day. And I think that's really important. So did you ever have quote unquote bad habits that you left to like start going into meditation, start doing these morning walks, start listening to your body more? Like what, what, what did you replace? If anything, were you naturally inclined to do this behavior? I'd love to hear a little bit about your own transformation if, if there is one. Because the Brendan that I know is like just pretty enlightened, that's really in tune with his body and his being. And I just think if I've observed, it's just that deepening of that relationship with yourself, but were there any hiccups that you came from and went to, or do you feel like you're always on this path? Definitely. Um, yeah, you know, in college, early 20s, I was definitely living the rock star lifestyle, um, partying a little too much, drinking a little, a lot too much, and just the 
ups and downs of the way the week would feel with that lifestyle, feeling like shit every weekend, something's got to change. You know, I got to switch things up. I just realized that's not how I want to feel. It's not good for your mind. It's not good for your body. It just creates this up and down and around, you know, feeling. Um, so I think definitely getting a hold of, you know, partying and enjoying that, the introduction to meditation has been huge. Um, I think going to the Tony Robbins um, Unleash the Power Within event was very transformational. Um, a lot of, I learned a lot about just human psychology and different ways to think and to, I think I used to put people on a pedestal. Oh, I'm not that good. But, you know, when you realize we're all equal, we all are human, we all feel the same feelings, all of a sudden you can take that pedestal away. You know, you can think about anybody from sports stars like Michael Jordan, LeBron James, you name it, to movie actors, Denzel Washington, anybody, you know, they're all got to take a shit. They all got to wipe their ass. They all get nervous. They all get excited. They all feel sad. They all second guess actions that they might have done. So to just bring yourself to the realization that, hey, we're all human. We're all experiencing the same things. Some people might be able to hide it a little better or to self-medicate to pretend like you're not feeling these certain ways is a false way to think. You know, we're all human. We all get nervous. We all get anxious. We all feel stress. We all do it all, you know, and to just remember that and to, you know, when you hear somebody say you can make a change and it changes your life. And then for you to think, oh no, I don't have room for that in my life. You're lying to yourself. I think you just got to one, be able to make the decision to do the action, to create a new habit. So those new habits become habits. Um, you know, one other thing that was occurring, messing up my sleep cycle was having caffeine and alcohol a little too late in the day, creating my urination during the middle of the night. And so when I'm waking up once or twice in the middle of the night, I'm not getting into the deepest levels of sleep, which would make when my alarm goes off in the morning, not the most pleasant thing. Um, so I think getting all that under control. One big one that I really enjoy is the alarm clock that we use. I think if people can switch over to, I'm not sure what it's exactly called, but it's the clock, This it's a, it mimics the sunrise. So before you hear that crazy noise go off to wake you up and start your day, there's a light that slowly builds and will shine on bright for couple of minutes before the sound goes off. And I think that's a much more gradual way to wake up than to hear your alarm blasting. Um, another thing is with the phones, keeping the phones out of the room, try to not have your cell phone be your phone alarm, right? If that's the last thing you're putting on, you're looking at your phone, or that's the first thing you're shutting off your phone and you're waking up to a text message or some sort of social media comment, you know, now you're starting the day based on somebody else's actions, right? You're reading a text from somebody that might set you off. You're seeing a comment, seeing a post that might set you off. And now all of a sudden you've taken away the control to start your day in the way that you would want it to be started. I think deleting social media has been awesome. That You're social media free for how many years now? I'd say five or six. I deleted Facebook 
shortly after college in 2012, 2013. Never had an Instagram. I had the Snapchat six years ago, and that was it. So the online world is just not in my psyche. I don't think about it. It's nice not to see other people's opinions and posts, and yet I still get to truly connect to the people that matter the most. Um, some people ask me, how do I do that? Or, don't you feel so excluded or secluded? And it's not really, yeah, I'll miss out on things here or there, but you tend to fill me in or <laughs> my mom will send me a screenshot of a post that I should know about, but. And you do have a cell phone? Yeah, I do have a cell phone. I get text messages, I get picture text, you know, I get an emails. Um, my closest friends will talk. We'll keep each other up to up to speed on what's going on. Besides that, it's nice to not have random clutter filling up space. So, you know, I really get to focus on me, focus on us, focus on my career, and uh, yeah, control my own destiny as best I can. There's something as you're bringing up social media that I think is worth noting that there's like a natural ability for you to have boundaries in a way that there's not the like jadedness of social, right? Like you're not combating. I think social media can be a real boundary blur because it's this like slow drip kind of gets into your life, takes over hours, takes over minutes. That's easy to lose track or even control of that you know, when you say six years ago, you gave that up, like that's six years of really having your thoughts clear and like that leading to boundaries. And that's something I can see in our relationship that I can get gray areas that I'm not blaming social media, but I can see how it impacts just is an impact to, to how you see reality. And that being something that is just not a role in your life. So it's not having that impact. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, Social media isn't reality. And uh, that's a good thing for people to remember. Any picture with a filter isn't reality. It might be the same picture, but the filter, the staging, um, I prefer in life natural. When you brought up the, um, the sleeping, one of the things for anybody that's sharing a bed that we made a big change in our sleeping habits was adding the second comforter. It sounds cheesy, but I love this. And I think it's really powerful to create a little space and like less interruptions. Uh, so do you think that's helped your sleeping? Yeah, king size bed with two comforters, definitely awesome. Um, if you have a partner to sleep with, I think sleeping is a very individual important thing. Um, I love the cuddle, I love the snuggle. Um, it's great to fall asleep with that. But being able to have our separate, almost beds in the same bed, you know, is amazing. And then to be able to wake up and you're still right there. One day we can do the upgrade to the two fools. Um, but yeah, the king bed is definitely awesome. It um, Sleep is so important. You know, again, being selfish, but not for you, but for your partner. If you guys are both getting shitty sleep, you're getting shitty wake-ups, and then the cycle starts. So... I think definitely sleep is very underrated. Do you remember that one moment there was a morning you're like, fuck, do you remember that morning? And I was like, don't start my day like that. Do you remember that? When I was waking up late. Yeah, and it, and I like, I don't know if that was part of your transformation, but I remember it was like not the happiest person to be around. And, you know, I think that's the balance when you're in a relationship or married or whatever, it's like, 
you know, there is someone else's energy that's right there. Maybe you're sensitive or empathic and you're like, I'm just trying to start my day right. Like, and now I have this coming at me. And so there is a personal responsibility for each person to really take care of themselves at that level as like a respect for the other person as well. Not in this like codependent and meshing, but in like, I'm showing up as best for myself and in my relationship. And I appreciate you not starting your days like that anymore. Yeah. Definitely. And I'm doing my best to, I, my new trick now is when the alarm goes off and if I'm awake, if I fell asleep, I can't do this, but if I'm actually awake, I count to 60 and I get out of bed before I stop the count. I think I'd fall back asleep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The last two things I have for you before we wrap one is breath work and sound healing on any given moment. If you have some free time, I see you with sound healing on. I see you doing breath work. What's the deal? I know my thoughts and feelings on sound healing and breath work, but I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. So this is something I was introduced to, I think through some of the meditation, but also um, through some crazy didgeridoo um, (laughs) sessions that we attended at the old Spotlight Yoga. Shout out Chris Callahan. And so that was cool. But yeah, sound healing and sound bowls. Um, I enjoy some cannabis and then turn on the sound bowls or sound healing music. Just a real relaxing background music, light a candle and do some breath work, just breathing in and out, you know, focus on breathing through the stomach. Um, And again, I'm not a pro or teach this professionally. So this is just something that works for me. And there's plenty of things to look up on YouTube about breath work, how to breathe properly and different breath techniques. Um, With that being said, what works best for me is just again, focusing on what I've learned through breathing through my stomach, um, doing different holds, different breath counts, four in, hold for four, four out, hold for four. That's a basic one. Um, You know, Filling my body with oxygen. I just love the feeling of moving oxygen through my body with the cannabinoids, um, with the sound healing in the background. I think it's just a super relaxing way to end the day, you know, rather than watching some cheesy soap opera on Netflix. Shout out to Beauty and the Baker. (laughs) No shout out, but it's funny the nights that I do find myself watching shows like that or, you know, any kind of show, maybe sports can do it to you too. It leaves you in a state of, is your adrenaline up? Are you anxious now because of what you watched? Are you worried now because of what you watched and now you're trying to go to bed? And again, back to how does this affect your sleep cycle starting from the night before? Um, I find that doing the breath work and sound healing, it might seem boring, but again, it's putting yourself first and you know optimizing yourself for yourself and then being able to bring that optimization to your relationship, um, to your profession and um, through the everyday life. That's the ripple effect. Yeah, starts with you. It does start with you. So two last but not least, you brought up cannabis and I'm someone that's kind of worked through my own cannabis, plant-based medicine stigma. I know sometimes on the show we talk about it, but you're someone that's really helped me in addition to my medical doctor who wrote my medical marijuana card. But, you know, there's irrefutable health benefits in 2021 with cannabis. 
And did you ever feel a stigma? What got you in terms of using it as medicine? Is there anything you want to say about that that helps you in that process as part of your overall well-being? Definitely. I think it's a way more healthy way to come down from a long day of work. You know, you can learn how to use it a little bit during the day or in the morning on if you're off. Um, but I think it all starts with kind of the shame and worry that is built in from society about using it. When you're younger, you hear, don't smoke pot, don't do this, don't do that. You're going to get in trouble. You know, being an athlete in college, it was, you know, I was scared to death to test positive for weed and to get kicked out of school. But thankfully, that never happened. So in contrast to that, what did I do? I resorted to alcohol. Um, you know, we can go out and get blacked out drunk three nights in a row, come to practice, be throwing up all night, come to practice, you know, still performing well. It's not really looked at, but this instant when you throw in pot and you test positive for pot, now all of a sudden they have the ability to take away your scholarship, take away your, you know, right to attend the school, um, take away your chance to perform at the NCAA championship meet. Um, so there was a lot of like, if you do pot, you're going to get in trouble. Your whole world's going to come crashing down. And so I didn't really understand pot um, until after college when I was able to create a better relationship with it. And yeah, just learning how to use it in the right way. Today, there's a million different ways you can consume it. You have the vaporizing, you can do the edibles if the smoking makes you nervous. You can do tinctures, you can, you know, smoke a normal joint, you can, there's a million ways. I'm sure everybody knows the ways. But yeah, just trying it, getting comfortable, doing it in the right set or setting, um, knowing what kind of weed you're getting is important. Um, is it a sativa? Is it an indica? Is it, you know, going to make me more heady? Is it going to make me more body high? You know, if you're experimenting with weed and you're thinking you want to go to bed, but you're smoking a sativa and then all of a sudden you're just laying there and your mind's racing and you're like, this is the worst experience ever. It probably will be maybe not the worst experience, but if you can relax into it, you'll enjoy it. I promise. But still you want to know what you're kind of doing, right? So an indica would be more based at night. I like to think indica and the couch um, and sativa is a little bit more for during the day or some people can't handle a sativa um, ever, ever. And um, that's again, a person to person thing. It's a trial thing. It's the same thing as somebody learning how to drink, right? Hey, what kind of beer do I like? Hey, what kind of wine do I like? Hey, what's my threshold? Hey, can I mix liquor with beer? No. Hey, what kind of liquor do I like? You know, society is so easy to let us choose those things and let us have access to that. But if we are, you know, going through this weed exploration thing, it could be really looked down upon, especially you know, again, depending on what kind of household you grow up into or what kind of community, the image around pot can be very triggering for some people. And some people just won't even give it a chance. Um, and those are the same people who will drown themselves in wine each night. I think there's nothing wrong with that. And there's not. If that's what you want to do uh, with yourself, then you are more than welcome to. Those are things that I choose not to do. Again, coming back to wanting to start my day feeling good and how do I get to that point? starting with the night of sleep, starting with what am I consuming before I go to sleep. So I think those are a lot of overlooked aspects of health that people overlook. They want to 
not really pay attention to how they're feeling. Hey, do you feel groggy from just two glasses of wine? Or, you know, hey, I just had three beers last night, no biggie, but did you go to the bathroom twice? And now you have like a minor headache that you got to pump some caffeine to get rid of. And that minor headache is slowing you down to not being able to start your day with a workout or a walk. You know, again, like you said, the ripple effect and the ripple starts with you and coming back to the knowledge of it's your choice. Everything in life, you know, is your choice. Essentially, once you become adult, um, it's your choice what you want to do and what you want to experience if you allow yourself to feel limitation or feel some sort of pressure that is not there that is made up. Maybe it's from, you know, family conditioning from the house you grew up in and you might feel like shame or you're letting somebody down. But are you letting somebody down if you're really trying to explore yourself and be a better you? It might not be the way that that person might have thought you got to that point. But if that's what you're experimenting with, why wouldn't you give yourself that opportunity to to experiment with different things as you're navigating life? instead of just ignoring different things and being hard-headed and stuck. This is just what I'm going to do. This is just my life. This is just the way it is. You know, um, I think there's room for change with everybody. Awesome. Well, we can definitely do a part two and pick up where we left off there. Personally, you know, I can tend to be more of a wanting to follow the rules or get as up to the edge of the rules as possible. And so getting a medical marijuana card really helped me release a lot of the stigma. And over the past year, year and a half, I've been unpacking tremendous amounts of trauma connected to PTSD. And the more I've let go of the shame and stigma of cannabis, I've been able to use it as a feel like healing trauma tool that I never would have had access to. And I think two things about cannabis, one as a uh, intention amplifier, but an and energy amplifier. Like if I'm already running anxious and then I'm using cannabis and I think, oh gosh, I have so much anxiety. It's like, I was already feeling anxiety. It's not from the pot. And so the uh, in, intention and energy amplifier, that's really helped me understand. And I guess, as you're saying, set and setting, it's a similar intention there, but uh, that, that's that been really helpful. And there is a lot of healing powers. And one of them that's really interesting, but the pot, it's like it slows you down even into the micro moments more. And I feel I'm able to access pleasure and develop the relationship to pleasure in a way that like there's so much shame in our society with, and it just slows me down where like brushing my hair feels good, you know? And it's stuff like, I can't think of a better way to start building a relationship with the present if you don't have access to that, right? Ideally, maybe you just naturally have that built in and baked in, but if you don't, it can start to like train the muscle that that's available to you. That's been my experience. I don't know if you want to add anything to that before I move to our closing. Yeah, I think definitely what you said about amplifying the intentions uh, of, you know, the lazy stoner, you know, hey, if you're lazy and you don't really have any motivation and you smoke pot, you're probably not going to, it's not going to be the miracle thing for you. It might get you going, but don't blame pot is what I'm saying. Um, you know, if you want to be lazy and unmotivated and smoke pot, great, but don't blame pot. And that's funny because like I run into this, right? Like if you're talking to me, I know you're not, but if you are, uh, where like maybe I'm having a really high, high energy day 
and I'm winding down with pot and then I am getting lazy, but it's like, I'm really craving relaxation and I'm letting bad habits, quote unquote, seep in under the guise of pot. And you've really opened my mind to like, it's not the pot, it's you and holding myself accountable. It's not like, oh, I, I'm smoking pot or I'm whatever with pot. And now I'm, there's no personal responsibility, right? right. There's still, <laughs> still like whatever that is. And I think for myself, the way this shows up is like anything that I actually may need, right? I might need to unplug. I may need to relax, but I can swing so far and be like, oh, it's the pot. But it's like, no, you just needed to unwind and find that downtime. And uh, you're like denying yourself that. And now you need it. And now it's easier to access because of the pot, but you can do it in a way that's supportive, not in a way that's like, you know, mindless scrolling on the internet in that example. Right, exactly. It could, yeah, definitely it could wind you down to staring at your phone for two hours. hours. Um, and again, that comes back to personal responsibility of taking control of how you want to feel in the morning. So to get feeling good in the morning starts with a good night's sleep, starts with what you're doing before you go to bed, right? And we know staring at a screen for three hours, scrolling, probably social media, working yourself up about random posts that random people are posting is a kind of weird thing to do if you think about it. So it is kind of weird. Yeah. And that's America yeah. and the world, but not everybody. And so, yeah, it all starts with you and, you know, realizing you're in control about what you want to do. And again, some of these things that I mentioned are cost zero, right? Not picking up, you know, not drinking too close to bedtime or really dropping your consumption of alcohol, going on walks, you know, listening to a podcast. Most of us have access to headphones these days are all good things. And to think that you need to join an expensive gym or you need to have this expensive this or this expensive that to feel good and get going. I think, again, you're making an excuse and you're not just taking control. Mm -mm, so good. Uh, before we wrap, do you want to share any books that have been really impactful in your life that you'd recommend or a book? I think The Four Agreements is a good basic one um, by Miguel Louise. Louise. I think that's a real basic book, but it talks about, again, the basics, knowing that you're putting your best foot forward for yourself and for everybody else and to not worry about what else is going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a great book. Very basic but also teaches you some good things about, you know, thoughts and controlling what you can control and not letting thoughts and imaginations that aren't even true determine how you're feeling in the moment, right? To let your mind wander as you lay there before you go to bed and try to predict what's happening tomorrow or replay events during the day and try to psychoanalyze, you know, what someone might have meant by either something they said or something they wore or a look they gave you or a way they wrote a text message. You know, I think you're just taking your way, you're taking yourself away from the present moment, which is your comfy bed. And again, when you find yourself in those moments, ask yourself, are you breathing? Okay. So the final, final, final last thing that you want to say, I know we've had a couple of good gems come up. You got the mic. To remember that you can create your, the way your house feels, right? So 
Um, I know we mentioned sound bowls before at night, you know, relaxing with uh, breath work, but yeah, that's not available every night. And some nights it's nice to wind down, turning on some smooth jazz or some classical music or, you know, create an ambiance or a vibe that if you think back, you might've been able to feel somewhere and remember that you can create that at your house, right? With, you know, maybe a couple of candles and everybody's got the music on their phones they can use, or if you have your Google Homes or whatever, no sponsors here yet. So <laughs> whatever device works for you, just to remember that you can create that. And also I think music people don't pay attention to really kind of the mood music puts them in. Um, you know, if I think back, you know, what kind of music are you listening to and how is that making you feel? For me, listening to rap or some classical rock during a workout puts you in that fight or flight or like that you're going to get pumped up, you feel good type thing. Or, but if you're listening to that at night or early in the morning on your drive to work, is that the mode that you want to be in, right? So that's a small thing, but I think it goes really unnoticed um, in the mornings, putting on some smooth bossa nova, again, some piano jazz or anything like that if you set that vibe, then that'll be a good vibe for you to carry throughout the day. And I think something as small as background music goes a long way with being able to calm yourself down and maybe turn off some of those anxious thoughts that you might naturally carry. And um, I know that's something that I enjoy to do. So obviously sound bowls are a great way to relax, but for some people it's not practical to listen to at night all the time. So I think being aware of what kind of music you're playing and the ambiance that you're creating for yourself is very important. Again, going back to something that you can do virtually at no cost, playing a certain type of music um, and maybe buying yourself a cool candle to sit there and read or relax or you know, just do your breath work. Or even if you wanna watch TV or try watching sports with no sound and just some relaxing music on, the announcers are pretty annoying these days anyway. Um, so we, if you're a sports fan, chances are you know what's going on, especially during the regular season or whatnot. But um, I think that's something that goes pretty unnoticed for some people. And that's my last tidbit. I think that's powerful. I think going off of that, you said environment and it's like, you know, it's taken a while for our house to feel like it feels, but in addition to say the sound and the candles, it's like, what is the clutter? What don't you need? What is causing chaos? You know, they say like your external environment is a reflection of your internal and there's little shifts and things that you can clean up and get rid of that really like create space in your life. And I don't know if you realize that I take that very seriously around here, but I can see the impacts that it makes that I would, you know, feel chaotic in my mind and feel chaotic in my physical environment. And it was reflective of that. And the more that I made that connection and started really like lightening the load, you tend to run quite a bit more minimalist than I do maybe naturally or just in your own adult evolution. And so it's been something I've had to get on track with, but I think combining the environment with that decluttering and then adding in and setting the vibe, I think people walk into our house and they're like, whoa, like it feels so good in here, but it's something that we've worked really actively to create that feeling. And there's like always another layer to shed, always. You know, it's like, I feel like every month in the past year, I've gone to 
Goodwill or you've gone to Goodwill and I could do that today right now if you asked me to. And I, we live in a society of consumption and accumulation. And when you can start untethering that and letting that go, there's a lightness of self that is, is I think happens and coincides with that that feels just so, so good. Yeah, giving yourself a chance is the biggest thing is you taking action, you doing the little things to give yourself a chance to create that ripple through your life, through yourself. And um, again, going back to giving yourself a chance and being disciplined to give yourself a chance. Um, discipline can seem like a harsh word, cracking the whip, but it's not. It's just the discipline to create good habits. So those habits become habits and not feel like you're being disciplined on yourself. You know, it'll be something that you just naturally do and you naturally live with and you naturally live like, and uh, you'll be able to look back and be like, whoa, how did I, how did I used to do that? Or mm -hmm. how did I not do this every morning? Or how did I, what was I thinking when I used to do whatever? And it's okay. It's good to have those moments, you know, and just enjoy the present. And, you know, again, none of this has to feel super strict or constrictive. It's really not that's me. Yeah. I mean, from a, a self-worth, like love for yourself perspective, this isn't from like an ego standpoint. It's like, I'm imagining you're doing these things. You said something earlier on about like, how good can you feel for the longest amount of time? To me, that's a demonstration of like a lot of security with yourself and a lot of self-worth. Would you like to weigh in on how you feel about that? Yeah. So again it's taking care of yourself to create that ripple and it's not in a selfish way it's in a way it's more in a giving way right if if i'm not at 100 percent, how can i give 100 percent? and i have to be happy with me to be happy to give so i think it's important to just remember it's okay to put yourself first and it starts with the decisions you make in putting yourself first. Thanks. And when you were talking about the music, you're making me laugh. I, the other morning I was doing a Peloton workout and it was super like rap and it was fun. But, you know, there's programming that's involved with so much. And in that particular morning, it was this super like kind of man hater, like girl power and I'm just like, oh, you know, it was fun songs and like throwbacks, but it was so funny to revisit the energy to the music like today and, and feel like, huh, like this, this really could impact my thinking and how I feel. And I think that some of these things we don't second guess or don't even take the time to look at, like, how does this make me feel? And it, it doesn't have to, it could just be like, oh, it makes me feel fun or flirty or, oh man, I'm picking up on stuff that's not mine. That's impacting me to be grumpy, to be like hating on you because I'm listening to a song that's like girls rule, boys drool, right? And it's like picking up on some of these external messages and the impact or influence on our lives and asking like, is this for me? Is this how I want to feel? Versus just mindlessly like taking it in and not understanding that there's an impact there. That's That's been really life changing to have some discernment about what I'm like letting into my field. Yes. And I'll leave everybody with these last three questions. It's, do you know how you feel? Do you know how you want to feel? And do you know how you're going to get there? If you don't, 
sign up for a session with Linda Andrews and mm -hmm. she'll help you accomplish all your dreams and goals or reach out to me directly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thanks, babe. Thank you, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this show. Drop a comment, leave a review, share with a friend that needs to hear. And we wish you so well in your ripple effects on your journey. Uh, much love. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Leela Life Show. Be sure to share, like, and comment. Tune in next week. And if you're not already a member of the Leela Life Collective, you'll want to be. So take a look in the show notes and be sure you sign up today. Have a beautiful day.